Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-Step Recovery Fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any of them either. My hope is that you will find my words helpful in some way, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 89, Anonymity. Tradition 12 states that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. If you are not in a 12-step recovery program, then you probably have never heard of these traditions I'm speaking about. 12-step recovery programs are in fact actually 12-step and 12-tradition recovery programs. And the steps are the things that help us as individuals recover. And the traditions are what hold us together as groups and teach us how to be together in a group. There are a variety of ways in which anonymity comes comes into play in recovery. And when I first came into recovery, I thought it was simply about not letting people know that I was in a particular program because of the potential stigma against me. And I personally didn't care who knew I was in any particular recovery program. So I basically told everybody. The longer I'm in recovery, however, the deeper and deeper I understand the roots of anonymity to be. Anonymity is about humility. For example, if the words are true, it doesn't matter who says it. No matter what the social standing a person has outside of 12-step recovery, their words have no more or no less weight than anybody else in recovery if what they say is true. Anonymity is also connected to confidentiality. I'm not supposed to share what I hear at a meeting with anyone else, and I'm not supposed to share who was at a meeting, even with someone who normally goes to that same meeting. I'm also not supposed to share who said what. If I got some particular wisdom from a meeting, I can say I learned X, Y, Z, but I don't share other people's stories or who specifically said it unless I get their express permission. This anonymity helps to open us in ways we probably never have opened before because it builds a foundation of trust and acceptance from those who are in the rooms with us. Humility comes from understanding that we are no better and no worse than others. And that means we've become teachable. Humility also means I'm no worse than anyone else, not just I'm no better than anyone else. And I think a lot of people forget about that. The idea is we're all the same. We're all addicts or alcoholics or codependents or gamblers or whatever it is that holds us together in the program. Nothing else matters besides that we qualify for being in that particular room. That's the only thing that matters. And that means that social status has nothing to do with our being an addict or an alcoholic or compulsive or whatever. So it has no place in the rooms of recovery. 
That also means that those in relapse are no more or less important than those who have never relapsed and neither is more important than the newcomer. Our recovery comes from principles, not from individuals' personalities. One thing that didn't occur to me about anonymity until I had been in for a while was that I could break other people's anonymity just by association when I told people that I was in recovery. That means by associating with me, I've inadvertently outed some people as being in recovery. Fortunately, to my knowledge, none of those people have minded, but here are a couple examples of what I'm talking about. I had a party and some were friends from recovery and some weren't. And one of my friends who wasn't in recovery was like, oh, hey, I want to hear how everybody knows Barb. And I was like, "Uh, well, actually, some of the people in the room might not want you to know how they know me. Now, in that particular case, I was able to clear that up right from the beginning to the entire group. But if she hadn't made that announcement to everybody and had gone around individually saying to people, how do you know Barb? How do you know Barb? And the person hadn't thought through how to not break their anonymity if that's what they wanted to do, I would have basically outed these people. Another thing that happened was that I told my friend that I go out for coffee after my recovery meetings every week. And one time they came into the coffee shop after a meeting and saw me with all of my friends from recovery. And that means they knew by association that the people I was with were in recovery. And it's not up to me to disclose someone else's status as being in recovery. There's another thing that really disturbs me about the lack of anonymity, and that is in regard to who people's sponsors are. And I think this really has everything to do with humility. I have learned over time to keep the anonymity of my sponsor and that my sponsees should keep me anonymous as well. I wish I had learned that in the very beginning of recovery because I had a sponsor who relapsed and everyone knew that he was my sponsor and everybody in my entire area knew who he was. And that meant I couldn't talk to anybody in that fellowship about his relapse and how it affected me without gossiping. And because gossiping was such a difficult defect of character of mine, it was just a territory that I I couldn't get into. So I had to talk to people in a different fellowship, in my other fellowship, which it's great that I had those people, but it's not the same as talking to people in the fellowship where my sponsor relapsed about my concerns and my fears and and my care for that person. So I learned quite the lesson there. Another thing that happened was I gave the phone number of one of my sponsees, who I will call A, to somebody in recovery, who I will call B. And it was to talk about a very specific issue that I thought A could be helpful with. Well, it turns out person B ended up asking my sponsee, person A, to be their sponsor. Not long after that, I was in a meeting with person B and he mentioned getting a sponsor and something about their work together. He didn't know that I knew who his sponsor was or that I was his sponsor's sponsor because I have my sponsees keep me anonymous. 
it made me extremely uncomfortable. It was like being in a dysfunctional family where we're keeping secrets and we're trying to keep track of who knows and who doesn't know and all that shit. And it was just really uncomfortable. So I reached out to someone who was in recovery for a lot longer than me about this situation, about what to do about it. And he said, you know, Barb, if your sponsee had never told you that they became that person's sponsor, none of this would be happening. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Even though he's my sponsee, he should have kept his sponsee's name anonymous But because he didn't, we had to do something about it. So I talked to my sponsee about how we might handle the situation. It just didn't seem right for me to know who B's sponsor was when they didn't know that I knew. My sponsee and I decided together that he would tell person B that I was his sponsor and ask them to keep it anonymous. Separately, I spoke directly to person B to say, uh, here's what went down with all of that. What was really fortunate was that one of the very first conversations A and B had in their sponsoring relationship was about anonymity. So the groundwork had already been laid. I said to both of them after the fact, and separately, by the way, this is a lesson you are going to remember for the rest of your life. Making mistakes like this is how we learn and grow. I didn't know. How would you guys know? One of the reasons this is so important is that somebody should be able to complain about me in a meeting without anybody know, knowing who they're talking about, including me. I think about it like this. If I have a beef with you and I am placing principles before personalities... I should be able to talk about you in a meeting with you sitting right next to me and you not even know that I'm talking about you. Because for me, it's about the personality. Excuse me, it's not about the personalities. It's about the principles involved, not the personalities. And there's more about why we should not only keep anonymity outside the rooms, but inside the rooms. Let's say you sponsor 10 people who are in the room and everybody knows it. And they each sponsor 10 people in that same room and everybody knows it. That means you very likely have an influence and a large chunk of people there so that if you say something, people are going to feel a certain amount of loyalty and perhaps a certain obligation to really pay attention to what you say. And if what you are saying is fucked up, it's going to be very difficult for people to speak up against you. Now, if nobody knew whose sponsor was whose, then your voice would have the weight of just one person. Well, perhaps your 10 sponsees might feel some loyalty to you as their sponsor, and they might go along with what you have to say, but their sponsees wouldn't know, and the other people in the room wouldn't see you as the grand sponsor of a room full of people. If everyone knows who's sponsoring who, that's not humility. Another thing is that anonymity requires that no one person can be seen speaking publicly for any particular fellowship. So if you're going to talk about a particular fellowship publicly, 
then you can't use your face or last name. Or if you're going to use your name and face, then you can't speak for a specific fellowship. It actually took me a while to get my business going for this very reason. I didn't want to violate the traditions in any way. And I talked to a number of people from various fellowships who've been in recovery for decades and was told that I can't ever publicly identify the fellowships I participate in. If I talk to someone individually, privately, I can tell them the fellowships I'm in. And if I do that, which I do sometimes, uh, I ask them not to share with others what fellowship I'm in because I don't want to be seen as trying to speak for any particular fellowship, though I can talk about the 12 steps of recovery in general. So remember, anonymity is not just about letting people know you're in recovery. It's about protecting other people's anonymity, too. Remember, you might be outing people as being in recovery when they don't want to be outed just by being around you. And depending on the program of recovery, for some people, you could be putting their very lives at risk by outing them. It's also about confidentiality so that we can build trust and share openly. It's about being humble and realizing we're no better and no worse than anyone else, which makes us teachable. And being teachable is what we need. We obviously don't know how to run our lives or we wouldn't be in recovery in the first place. It's also about making sure that each person's voice only counts as one voice so that we can continue to put principles before personalities. It's the spiritual principles of recovery that make it work. It's not the personalities of any of the individuals in the program, no matter how long or how short of a time they've been in the program. That means no one person gets to speak for a specific fellowship, either inside or outside the fellowship. So I ask you, have you been a little too loose with your anonymity in any of these areas I've mentioned? If so, I encourage you to think about how you might shore up your anonymity. That's it for today. Please share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. If you like what you've heard here, you might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, then head on over to barbchat.net or you can get on my calendar for a free 20-minute consultation to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, then go to barbchat.net and get on my calendar. I'd love to chat with you. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. This helps other people find me. Thanks for listening.